I want my children safe. Don't you? But are we all doing everything we can to protect them? Safety and security is priceless. Don't wait to plan and prepare until it's too late. I can't stop predators from being in this world, but I can sound the warning and pass on to you what I have learned about keeping your children and family safe. Justice Nation, crime stops here. A brand new five-episode video master series allows you to go at your own pace as world-class experts in personal safety and child protection share their knowledge, their tips, their resources, all for you. Go to crimestopshere.com for your sake and for the sake of your children and people you love. Know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Crimestopshere.com, promo code NANCY. A gorgeous young mom goes missing. You go into her new townhome, her brand new townhome. She shares with her one-year-old child, Keely, and everything is perfectly in order. In fact, cinnamon rolls are cooling on the counter beside the stove. Everything is in its place except mom, Kelsey Barrett. Right now, cops, of course, have zeroed in on the so-called killer fiancé, Patrick Frazee, at this hour. An update. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Are officials set to search for missing mom, Kelsey Barrett, at a Colorado landfill? A dump. Joining me right now, CrimeOnline.com's investigative reporter, Ellen Killoran. You can go to Crime Online for this and all other breaking crime and justice news. Ellen, what's happening with the dump? Nancy, there's been a major development in the case and a, and a big shift in where we thought investigators were looking. It's been confirmed that authorities are expected to be searching a landfill in Fountain, Colorado, which is about 40 miles south of Woodland Park, where Kelsey Barrett lived and where she was last seen. We, are... we don't know Go ahead, when Dan. the search will begin, but... Waste management officials have confirmed to local reporters that investigators have contacted them about this, and they have confirmed that the search is related to the murder investigation of Kelsey Barrett. Now, according to people at the Midway Landfill in Colorado, the CBI set to look at the landfill to find remains of Kelsey Barrett. A waste management spokesperson confirming officials plan to search the area as EK just told us, about 40 miles southeast of Barris' home, straight out to Joseph Scott Morgan, forensics expert, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, and professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University. Joe Scott, searching a landfill is very difficult. Explain. Hellish nightmare, Nancy. I've done it several times. The problem is, is that everything literally looks the same. It's vast. Most people do not understand how much garbage we generate as a society, and it has to go somewhere. These places are vast. Uh, many times they're disordered and disorganized, dependent upon the jurisdiction. Lots of times they'll have these things kind of gridded off. They'll say, we dumped here on this particular day, we dumped here on this particular day, and then they'll try to match that grid up 
with a truck that came from a specific area. The trick is, do the cops know what they're looking for relative to points of origin and then place places of placing the refuse in the dump? Well, of course, to Daniel Horowitz joining us, a renowned California defense attorney, they have to do a grid search for the reasons Joe Scott was just telling us because it all looks alike. There are tons and tons of trash and debris, of human waste, of all sorts of biological. Uh, I mean, it, it could be where you uh, cut yourself with a razor and dabbed a tissue to it and threw it away a week ago, and the scent dogs are going to hit on that. It could be anything. It could be from where you, uh, you uh, took the fat or the skin off chicken in the kitchen sink. And you threw that away. Well, I mean, it could be anything. Well, it's a huge, it's a monumental task, Daniel. Well, you know, it's a monumental task. But look, I'm looking right now at CrimeOnline.com and looking at your face, all right, on your crime stories with Nancy Grace. What does your headline say on this story? Killer fiancé wants custody for tot girl of fiancé he killed. That's your headline. So this search... I use quotes. I use quotes, and that's according to the cops. Okay, them, not me. Their words, not mine. Go ahead. Well, they have nothing in this dump, as you know. It's just a bunch of garbage. They arrested this guy with no evidence, as far as we can tell. And now we're making like this search of the dumps a big thing. If I was his attorney, I'd say go to trial now. You've got nothing before all this innuendo builds up, like on this crimeonline.com website, which I'm blaming you for. Go right ahead because Jackie Howard and I are laughing in the studio silently, silently, silent. We're laughing on the inside. We're laughing on the inside because it's not just me and CrimeOnline.com. It's the police. It's search warrants. It is so-called killer fiance Patrick Frazee's other girlfriend that he met at the rodeo, the divorced mom of two in Twin Falls, Idaho. Okay? She according to reports, was solicited by him on not one but two occasions to kill his fiance Kelsey Barrett. What, do you think I'm in a conspiracy with by her, Daniel Horowitz? By those, not fake lawyers, by those lawyers in Idaho who all of a sudden You know what, cut, cut his mic. It's hurting my people. ear. It's making my tooth hurt. Back to you, Ellen Kaloran. Just tell me the news. I'm going to just mute Daniel Horowitz for just one brief shining moment. Hit me. When is the search going to start? We don't know yet when the search is going to start. Um, we are watching that very closely. We have to imagine that it's probably going to be soon. I can't imagine that investigators want to wait any longer right. to spend two months to Kelsey Barris went missing. We're looking at an aerial of the landfill right now, Midway Landfill, and if anything is found there, it opens up a whole cornucopia of evidence. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. It just rips your heart out. I'm having a hard time. I just, every day gets harder. A mother's heart is breaking. I'm scared I'll never see her again, alive. Shirley Wade, living with her 38-year-old daughter, Emily Wade, in Ennis, an hour south of Dallas, when her daughter disappeared. Emily, a waitress at Chili's, reportedly went to a co-worker's for pizza and a movie. She hasn't been seen since. Emily was last seen wearing a uh, peach-colored sweater. Police say she was driving a silver 2012 Nissan Altima with Kentucky plates. 
If anybody has seen Emily, seen that Nissan anywhere, please, we're asking you to contact the department. You are hearing our friends at NBC News, Carrie Sanders, with the very latest on the missing, on missing mom, Emily Wade. The 37-year-old mom has now been gone over 10 days. After she meets friends for dinner, her mom says she's, quote, scared to death. Nothing like this has ever happened. Where is Emily? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. With me, California defense attorney Daniel Horowitz, forensics expert Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, Dr. Brian Russell, psychologist, lawyer, Joining me right now, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, John Limley. John, first of all, I want to hear who is Emily Wade. Then we'll get to the last known sighting. Who is she? Emily Wade is a young mom who lives in an apartment with her seven-year-old daughter and her mom in Ennis, Texas. This is about 35 miles south of Dallas. On Saturday, January 5th, the first Saturday of the year, Emily asks her mom if she could borrow her car to go to a male co-worker's house. They wanted to eat pizza and watch a movie, and she wanted to make an early evening of it. The last time her family saw her was late afternoon that Saturday as Emily left her friend's house. Apparently, she stayed there for a few hours, long enough to eat pizza and watch a movie. And according to the co-worker, she left his house, presumably to go home at 8.30 p.m. Now, Emily's mom said she began to worry when Emily was still not home by 10 p.m. Then when Emily didn't wait, show wait, up. Wait, 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 wait. With me, John Limley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. We're talking about a Texas mom, 37-year-old Emily Wade. It's been over 10 days since she went missing. Okay. Are you telling me, she, did she live with her mom? Look, she, not judging. My mom lives with me. I'm fine with that. What I'm asking is, did she live in the, under the same roof with her mother? Right, in the same apartment. They took care of the seven-year-old together. Okay, uh, all right. See, that is significant to me, and I'll tell you why. Uh, to Daniel Horowitz, a renowned California defense attorney, it's one thing when the mom or the family quote, doesn't hear from them, right? Like you don't get the goodnight text or the phone call. Because that can always be explained away. Oh, she got busy uh, working or preparing the lunch to pack for the child the next day and fell asleep. But when you're, you're under the same roof, you know when your daughter doesn't come home, Daniel, that's, that's much more concrete when we're trying to establish that timeline, Daniel Horowitz. Well, that's right. I mean, 1030 is not very late in the evening. So Whoa, a wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Um, back it up, my friend, Daniel Horowitz. I don't know what planet you're living on, but I have to get up between 430 and 5 to get everything done, to shoot out of the house like a cannon uh, a little after 7 to get the children to school. I mean, you have a, a child, right? Don't you have a beautiful baby? Well, yes, but I don't work at Chili's as, as a waitress. Well, wait a minute, so wait a minute, Daniel Horowitz, she... hold on. Who's getting up and getting everything ready for the baby? Oh, I guess that's, well, that's all on your wife. So because 10.30 to me, well, I'm dragging it's... by 10.30. I am no longer a night owl. 
Well, I, I would like to find out what time she normally got up. Maybe the mother did the morning work with the child and got okay. the child off to all school. Right, all right, okay. You have to find that out you first, got me, don't you? You got me on that, but would you at least agree that she is in the best position to know what time uh, Emily should be coming home, as is her normal routine, and why this is so far out that she didn't show up? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? What time was she expected home? Why do you, you know? answer every question with a question? You know what? Forget it. I, I know where you're headed. You're trying to protect some defendant in the future. We don't even know who it is yet. John Lindley, back to her not showing up at 1030. I'm getting nothing out of Horowitz. Go ahead. Actually, her her be home time was 9 p.m. And so by 10 p.m., Emily's mom began to worry because Emily was still not home. Then uh, this takes it to a whole new level. When Emily didn't show up for her 11 a.m. shift at Chili's, the restaurant there in Ennis where she works, everyone okay, knew hold on. that something was really wrong. Right there. Let me bring in Dr. Brian Russell, psychologist, lawyer, host of hit series on ID, Fatal Vows. That's a whole nother level of problems for me. And I'll tell you why. Because every nut and his brother, I mean, who hasn't gone to Chili's? I love Chili's. The children love it. And I love it because if I'm correct, they have broccoli as one of the children's choices. And I don't let them have their chicken fingers or whatever it is they want until they eat their green thing. Um, Brian Russell, everybody's at Chili's. I mean, maybe not Daniel Horowitz. You know, since he stays up late like and goes, and, Nancy. he goes out for fine dining. But Brian, who I mean, every nut in town could have seen her at Chili's. So, if I understand you correctly, you're suggesting it, and I think you're correct. It is an occupational hazard of working in the restaurant industry that you do come across a wide swath of the public and you know I think it's very important for people especially when they leave those establishments after working uh, night shifts to have somebody uh, make sure they watch them to their car and make sure that they get out of there without anybody Dr. having Brian hung Russell. around Dr. in Brian. the parking lot waiting for them. Dr. Brian you said that so eloquently so beautifully but I really think it boils back down to my one word nuts every nut and his brother Trump through Chili's, you know, I, I, and I'm right there with them. The children love it. But I, what you're saying, he's absolutely correct. John Limley, so she didn't come home that night and she didn't show up to Chili's for her. You know what? She's really cute. She's really cute. This is a cute young mom. I need to find out about who is the dad of this child. Um, but what I understand is the little girl, their daughter's dad, Jared Jones, has been leading the search for Emily and voluntarily spoke to police. But, but, but listen to this. We're looking for a uh, white female, uh, blonde hair. She's five foot six, roughly 140 pounds. Her name is Emily Wade. Emily was last seen Saturday around 5 p.m. leaving her home on Yorkstown. She was driving southbound on Clay. Last that we know about, she was driving her 2012 Nissan four-door Altima. Uh, there's a couple of distinctive marks on this vehicle. One is the license plate, or Kentucky license plate. And two, there's a split bumper uh, on the front of the uh, vehicle. 
Uh, Emily was last seen wearing a uh, peach-colored sweater, blue jeans, and peach-colored Nike uh, tennis shoes. We're hearing that from Enos Police Department. That's a Facebook video they've put out. They're trying desperately to find a 37-year-old mom, Emily Wade. She didn't come home the night she was supposed to, and she didn't show up for her shift at Chili's. You know, I've heard very, very little about this case. Uh, to Joe Scott Morgan, forensics expert, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, Joe Scott, I mean, to me, Chili's is a perfect place to start the investigation or at least be a critical piece of the puzzle. Yeah, because you can, uh, one of the great things about it is you've got a lot of eyes on there and not to mention CCTV. Uh, you know, it's one thing for a person to disappear. How do you make a car disappear? They have to find this car, Nancy, and I think that when they find this car, that's going to be a major lead in this case. It's very difficult to hide something like this, and it's got these distinctive marks that they're talking about. First off, Kentucky plates. It's going to stand out in Texas, and then these markings on the bumper. So that's going to be critical in this case. Take a listen to our friend at NBC. This is Carrie Sanders. It has now been 10 days since anybody has seen Emily Wade. Her mother and her ex-boyfriend, who is the father of their seven-year-old daughter, say it is unlike her to have just gotten up and disappeared and walked away, which is why they now fear foul play. Police say there has been no pings or use of Emily's cell phone. Neither has her credit card or ATM been used. They've actually searched all of the waterways in and around this area. Perhaps she drove in, they thought, but they found nothing, which is why the police have not ruled out foul play. Emily and her ex-boyfriend, Jared Jones, share custody of a seven-year-old daughter. Both Emily's mother and Jared questioned by police. In situations like this, detectives always look first at the family. Yes, they do. And I can understand that. Anything going on that is not obvious here? Not with me. Or with Jared? I I would be really surprised if Jared had anything to... He loved Emily. He loves Emily. They just didn't mesh together, you know, but they loved their daughter equally and... He would, I, don't, I don't think Jared would ever hurt the mother of his child. Well, that's been said so many times uh, in the Scott Peterson case, um, in the Chris Watts case. At first, the family always thinks the spouse had nothing to do with it, would never, ever, ever. That was Carrie Sanders, our friend at NBC News, and you're hearing... Shirley Wade, that's Emily Wade's mom. Guys, for those of you just joining us, a 37-year-old mom, a beautiful young mom, as a matter of fact, Emily Wade has disappeared. This Texas mom has now been gone 10 days. She goes to dinner, never seen again. She didn't come home. She shares an apartment with her mom, and together they take care of the little girl. I want to go out to John Limley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, John, there are reasons that cops always start with the husband, the spouse, the ex, the boyfriend. Why? That is the the love connection, if there is such a phrase for it. It's that relationship that is closer than all others and can also uh, lead to some some violence uh, in certain relationships. And authorities have said they have not 
determined if there is any foul play. However, it has not been ruled out. Police tell us that Wade's ex-boyfriend, Jared Jones, has been questioned. Same with that male co-worker that she went to visit that night. John Limley, you told me that he spoke voluntarily to police. To Daniel Horowitz, a California defense attorney, renowned attorney, Daniel, you have uh, defended a lot of homicides, and I'm sure you would have told this guy, don't talk to police, even if you didn't do it. You're the main suspect, but he did. Not only did he speak to police, he led a lot of the searches. You know, Daniel Horowitz, remember when you and I covered um, Lacey Peterson's murder, her disappearance, her murder, the murder of her unborn child, Connor, and then the trial. You're right there with me. Um, remember at the courthouse every single day, and you would Freezing join us. in the rain. Yes, Freezing yes. Oh, the good, the good times, the good times. Uh, but in that case, you know, Scott Peterson was not front and center looking for Lacey. Not only that, you know, it was like a crowbarring his teeth apart to get him to speak. And then when he did speak, we found out why. It was disastrous. He was like a snake oil salesman. This guy, on right. the other hand. Yeah, I, I, comp I compared him to a bad actor in a high school theater performance. It was, it was painful. It was, it was chalk on a board screeching nails on a board but this guy um, has this been guy out there good. actually beating the bushes trying to find her and to me that's it i mean uh, yes we've seen murderers go on the search and then there's the shot like how could they be so two-faced to go on the search act like they're trying to find the victim but it really goes a long way with me when you see the i guess love interest out there front and center weigh in daniel well first of all i want to talk about the, the the peterson case you know there were three prosecutors in the courtroom and a fourth one outside talking about the case that was you and anytime you would talk about something the next day they do it in the courtroom so <laughs> i remember judgment. that i'll give you that <laughs> <laughs> that's right it did happen i forgot about that I still claim that you, you won the case for him, but that's Thank a different you. show. Thank you uh, for that. But in this case, the guy, the guy has a cell phone. There's something we didn't have in the Peterson case. You know, if you've got Uber on your cell phone, they're tracking you, um, you know, 24 hours a day if they want. You could probably have that, that boyfriend or ex-boyfriend's cell phone. They know where he was at the time that she disappeared from the time she left the house until, you know, she didn't show up at home. So it's pretty easy to clear him in terms of being physically there or not there, you know, where she was. They can probably get her phone data as well. That's, to me, a key in a missing person case. You know what? That's a really good point because it, to Joe Scott Morgan, forensics expert, author of Blood Beneath My Feet, Joseph Scott Morgan, in the Kelsey Barrett disappearance, the Colorado mom that we're hot on the trail trying to locate her remains right now, very important, very critical. We know cops have said he never left the state of Colorado, yet her, Kelsey Barrett, the mother of his one-year-old child, Kelly, cell phone pinged 800 miles away near Gooding, Idaho, Twin Falls area, where his other girlfriend lived. But he didn't go there. How do we know that? Most likely because of technology, his cell phone. 
possible GPS in his vehicle, receipts, um, uh, ATMs, you name it. He has left an electronic footprint. Daniel's right. So I, I'm guessing the cops are able to distance this dad from where Emily Wade was. What do you think, Joe Scott? Yeah, I mean, we're we're walking around with trackers in our pocket everywhere we go, right? And so I think that with with this this boyfriend, this estranged boyfriend who shares custody of this daughter, I think that that they have been able to clear him to a certain degree, and also they're going to be looking at his behavior. This guy has been fully, it would seem at least to me, fully engaged. He gives interviews. He talks freely. He's out there on the front lines trying to help find this poor missing woman. So, yeah, I, that's my thought, at least, in this particular case. Because, look, as far as I'm concerned, and we've covered a, a ton of these cases, I always look at those in the intimate circle first. You have to clear these individuals. Guys, we are talking about a missing mom. Won't you help us find her? 972-875-4462. 972-875-4462. Listen to our friends at NSPD. Emily has a young daughter and a mother that she lives with out here in Yorkstown. The family is very worried, very concerned. We need your help. If anybody has seen Emily, seen that Nissan anywhere, please, we're asking you to contact the department. The detective that's working is Detective Rodney Rickman. Please reach out to him. We're working several leads now, but we need more. We'll work any and all leads. We need your help, folks. Help us find Emily for her family. Hi, Nancy Grace here. Have you ever Googled yourself, your neighbors, somebody at work, a crush? 57% of Americans admit to keeping an eye on their own online reputation. 46 admit to using the internet to look up somebody from their past. But Google and Facebook, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to finding personal information. There's an innovative new website called Truth Finder. It's now revealing the full scoop on millions of Americans. Truth Finder can search through hundreds of millions of public records in a matter of minutes. Truth Finder members can literally begin searching in seconds for sensitive data like criminal, traffic, arrest records. Before you bring someone new into your life and around the people you care for, your children, consider using Truth Finder. What you find may astound you. Go to truthfinder.com forward slash Nancy right away to start searching. Truthfinder.com forward slash Nancy. Truthfinder.com forward slash Nancy. Find the truth. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Jared says he's cooperating with police and understands why detectives have asked him hard questions as if he had something to do with Emily's disappearance because it's all part of the investigation. You have nothing to hide. Absolutely not. You're not responsible. Absolutely not. Since she went missing, Jared says he's been out searching back roads looking for any clue of Emily. It's been gut-wrenching. Their young daughter, fully aware something's not right. She asked me constantly, Daddy, are you going to find Mommy? And I tell her, yes. I said, we're going to find her. Oh, my goodness. 
That's our friend Carrie Sanders at NBC speaking to Jared, the husband. I'm just thinking about that little girl. John Lindley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. How old is their daughter? She is seven years old, oh, and stars. Jared has told us that every day, every night, when she's saying her prayers, she'll look at her dad and ask her, is mommy coming home? Are you going to find her? And he he will very boldly say yes. And then, of course, being a seven-year-old, she follows that up with when. Oh. And that's what really crushes him. Daniel Horowitz, um, I want to go to all three of you guys. First of all, to you, Daniel, you haven't seen John, David, and Lucy uh, in the flesh, anyway, in a couple of years, although you see their pictures routinely. The other day, what, where was I? Okay, I had to fly to New York um, and to, to tape an Oz, Dr. Oz. And I called home, I uh, Facebooked, and Lucy went in the bathroom, shut the door, and she said, Mom, come home. <laughs> and Daniel, I, know. I know my husband and my mom, I'm sure we're taking perfectly fine care of her. But, you know, there's just no replacement for the mom. I'm just putting it out there. Daniel, how old is your baby? There's no question. I got, I got a seven and nine-year-old, really Goodness. almost eight and ten. But, yeah, Gosh. the mom is the first team, and everybody else is backup in the family. That's the truth. So, John Limley, speaking of the child, speaking of the potential that the dad is involved, which in this case police are saying he is not a suspect. What, do you, what can you tell me about cell phone data? Right now, police are telling us that Emily's cell phone has been turned off, which also means the battery could have died. Uh, she has not used it since uh, before she was last seen that Saturday night. And according to police as well, she has not used her credit cards and her bank account has not been touched. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. To Justice Scott Morgan, forensics expert, author of Blood Beneath My Feet, weigh in. Yeah, you know, Nancy, one of the things that's really striking to me about this particular case is the fact that uh, she, when she made these arrangements to go and watch a movie and have pizza at a co-worker's house, um, she had a very early night of it, didn't she? They, you know, she was going to be home. She's got a child at home. Her mom's watching the kid. She's going to be home early, and so this is this is done in 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 complete uh, you know in, in an obvious set of circumstances where people can see the comings and goings. My question is, who was she with at that apartment? I want to know who she's engaged with. I want to know more about this coworker. Guys, we're talking about a missing mom, Emily Wade. To Dr. Brian Russell, psychologist, lawyer, host of IDs, Fatal Vows. Dr. Brian, what now? Now, here's a wrinkle. We know that Emily Wade and her mom picked up and moved about a month ago to this area, Ennis, Texas, to actually be closer to the baby's bio dad. Well, I think that's significant, Nancy, because when we look at cases like uh, Kelsey Barrett, allegedly, uh, when we look at uh, cases like the horrific uh, Colorado case we've talked about uh, recently where, where the guy killed the entire, you know, the, the wife and the kids, uh, Watts, we've seen people commit murder 
to get custody of children. We've seen people commit murder to avoid having to have custody of children so they could get on with their lives with other people. None of that looks like it's in play here. It looks like the relationship between the child's two parents was actually pretty good. Doesn't look like there was any animosity about the end of the relationship or any real disagreement about custodial uh, division. In fact, as you said, it looked like they were actually trying to share custody better between the two of them. And so I agree with Joe Scott. I think in this case, we have to expand the circle outward a little bit now from the intimate partner or, or, or immediate past intimate partner to, okay, who else was in the, the close circle around this young woman? And it, and it does interest me greatly uh, who she was planning to spend this evening with. Did she make it there? And, and what does that person have to say about the evening? Let's talk about that. John Lumley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Where does she go that evening? Because we've been focusing a lot on the bio dad of the child. He has cooperated. He has joined into the search. What can you tell me about that evening? Where was she? It seems so innocent. Pizza with coworkers. Exactly. And that it sounds like a plan was hatched earlier that afternoon. It's uh, quite possible that she worked that afternoon and uh, maybe while they were wrapping up their shift together, she and that male co-worker uh, decided to meet at his place for a movie and pizza, which uh, from what we can tell is uh, the uh, the co-worker's house is just virtually around the corner from the apartment that Emily shares with her mom. And as he has told police, uh, 8.30 is when he saw her taillights uh, pull away from his uh, place, and that was the last he saw her. So how is he so sure that it was 8.30? Well, that is a good question. The The exact statement uh, is the one that he gave to police. And of course, since this is an active investigation, uh, police are keeping the identity of the male co-worker uh, close to, to the vest and not releasing uh, more information now, about this man. I had it bass backwards, John Lumley. I thought she went out to pizza with a group of co-workers. Is that not correct? No, she was just at the at the home of this one male co-worker. Okay, now that's shifting things in my mind. 37-year-old mom expected back home before 9 p.m. She never showed up. She left her apartment around 5 to go to a friend's house, the co-worker, to have pizza. Immediately, her family starts looking for her and contacted the Ennis Texas police. Now, this is what we are learning. The husband, the ex, the father of the daughter, says, quote, she would not just go away. She wanted to be here, was happy to be here. Now, that's a far cry, Daniel Horowitz, California defense attorney, from somebody like Drew Peterson, who the moment Stacy Peterson goes missing says, ah, she has a boyfriend. She probably left the house on foot. Right. Then he tried to give away all of her bathing suits and, and furs and clothes within a couple of days after she, quote, goes missing. This guy is saying, this Jared, the husband, is saying, no, 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 this isn't right. She would never do this. Do you see the difference, Daniel? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'm starting to agree with you. I don't like this. But I, I, I've been looking at this guy she watched this movie with because I'm a suspicious person. I don't think that men and women who are single at that age just go to eat pizza and watch movies. I don't think that's what 
it's about. It's a date. It's a intimate or not intimate, and that's maybe where they get into an argument and a fight, and he loses it, and something bad happens. He kills her. 8.30 is pretty early for her to be leaving if she's around the corner and is having a good time. And on top of that, he sees her leaving at a precise time, sees her taillights on, so she's in her car. I don't believe if she's in her car with the taillights on, just going around the corner almost to go home, that foul play happened between that moment and going home. It happened before. I'm focusing in on that guy in that house very, very carefully at this point. The 38-year-old moved to Texas a couple of years ago from Cynthia, however, came back to Kentucky several months ago to help her mother recover from surgery. Once she was better, they both moved back down to Texas just three weeks ago. They made that move to be with Emily's seven-year-old daughter. So sad because we'll be in Emily's apartment and somebody will come over and knock on the door and she says, is that mommy? You know, so I can imagine what she's going through. My mom's having a real tough time with this also. Uh, you know, her daughter's missing and, and she's down here with all the family she's got is me right now down here. Emily's brother, Chad, who still lives here in Kentucky, is now down in Texas helping with search efforts. So we've had a few leads here and there, but uh, nothing has really panned out. That is our friend at WKYT-TV, Hillary Thornton, talking to Emily's brother, Chad, who is now gone to Ennis, Texas, to try to find his sister, this is more of what we know. For those of you just joining us, missing 37-year-old mom Emily Wade goes to a friend's, a co-worker's home for pizza, never seen again. He swears he saw her drive away around 8.30, which would have been about the time she would have gone home. So that is consistent with her timeline. Sees her taillights leaving in the distance. She's never seen again. Her car also has not been found. Authorities say they have not determined if there's foul play in Emily's disappearance. Hello, there's foul play. Police are saying that the ex, Jared Jones, has been questioned and they do not consider him a suspect. Now there's a male co-worker at whose home Wade went to just before she disappeared. Now, we are learning from police sources that this guy, the co-worker, has been cooperating, that he has sat down for several interviews, even allowing investigators to search his car and his home. But the bottom line, Dr. Brian Russell, they could get a warrant if they wanted to, whether he gets permission or not. But I think it speaks to his benefit that he did give permission. Certainly. I think when these people uh, acknowledge, they understand why uh, anybody who's investigating this would start with them and they open up, they're an open book and they say things like, look, rule me out. Look at whatever you want to look at because every minute you spend on me is a minute you're not after the, if there's, if there's a foul play involved, there's a perpetrator out there. Every minute you spend on me is a minute you're not after them. So rule me out. Uh, I think that that uh, you know bodes a lot better for that person than when they clam up and lawyer up, as we see so often. Well, we also know this to John Limley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Search teams have used drones, and they have retraced Emily's route home from the co-worker's home. 
They've used drones, boats during the search for Emily. They've retraced her route home from the co-worker's home where she had pizza. They've looked in low-lying areas near creeks, near bodies of water that were flooded the night she disappeared. Ooh, you know, that's reminding me of uh, Joe Scott Morgan. Do you remember Crystal Rogers, I think was her last name? She was a gorgeous young Texas mom. There were floods. She goes missing at the same time. Turned out she was murdered. But my point is the flood and the water rising really hindered the search for her. Remember that, Joe Scott? Yes, I do, and it provides perfect cover in that particular case. And it can provide cover not just in the sense of some kind of homicidal activity, but also if you're dealing with floodwaters, it can deal with uh, things like cars being swept away and that sort of thing, dependent upon the body of water. You know, Daniel Horowitz, uh, California defense attorney, I want to ask you this question. I'll have to follow it up with our, our beloved shrink, Dr. Brian Russell. Daniel, listen to this. Um, her family, Emily's family, are searching the ex, Jared Jones. And I think there's more between them because she just moved all the way back to Ennis, Texas to be closer to him with their child. I wonder if they were trying to rekindle a relationship. But that's a whole other can of worms. He, yeah. Jared Jones, and the brother, Chad Wade, have been driving around Ennis looking for her. And the reason that gets me so distraught, can you just imagine them in the car? And after my fiance died and Daniel, you lost your wife in a homicide. I remember having dreams where I would be out looking for Keith and I would be searching and searching. I guess my mind was trying to reconcile. It couldn't reconcile that he was actually gone. And in the dream, I'd be, it'd always be bad conditions like foggy or nighttime. And it was never like a sunny day. And I would think I heard his voice or even him laughing at a distance. And I would go to that place and there'd be nothing there. Or I'd have an address. Like, let's just say the address was 1234. And I'd get to 1231, 1233. And then it would go to 1235. And that address wouldn't be there. And I'd be going down all these side alleys trying to find that address and just walking and looking and calling. This is real, Daniel. The dad, the bio dad, and the brother out driving around looking for her. It just breaks my heart, Daniel. Right. And and I think that, you know, at, at some point, too, as they're driving they're talking to each other, validating that this is real, because at least for me, there was a sense that any moment I'm going to realize I was just dreaming or imagining or lost in something and that it's not real. It didn't happen. And I, I, you want to go back to reality, which is not the reality. And reality, you want to make a dream and, and you fight to, to kind of focus on what's real. So at least when they're together they they can support each other and focus on the task at hand, but unfortunately, the task at hand seems almost futile because they don't care so much to catch the person. They care to find her alive, and, and it must just be a, a sinking feeling every moment that they have to deal with the fact that they probably won't. Did that happen to you, Daniel? Did you have dreams like that? And then when you woke up for a moment, uh, maybe just a moment, you didn't take in that she was gone. And everything seemed normal, would, and then you remember. I would have stuff where I would just close my eyes and say, "Please God, 
Let me let let me let let you change the world. You can change the world. Make me be the dead one, and and everybody else can be be and she can be alive. Just do the switch. You can do it. You can just change that part of the world. Change and that's I would think things like that, crazy things like that. You know, that. Daniel, I, I I just love you so much. Just hearing you say that just breaks my heart. And I really believe right now. I don't think the ex was involved at all. And I know that's what he is probably saying. One uh, person, Gracie Smith, who was Wade's sister-in-law, Emily's sister-in-law, said that uh, she was writing on the Facebook uh, site called Bring Emily Home. And she said, I just saw Emily's segment on GMA and cried my eyes out. It seems so unreal. This family is in so much pain. This little girl in so much pain. Please help us find Emily 972-875-4462. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend.